suddenly a mist floated across Red Galliman's eyes. The rifle slipped unnoticed from his hands. He drew his hand across his eyes and looked toward the east. There, alone, hung one great star as he looked. Over the shoulder of a great mountain came the great sun. God, gulped Red. Why, it's Christmas. Golden Hope Christmas, Robert E. Howard. Hello, and welcome to the final episode of Rogues in the House of 2020. Ooh, you, ooh, you, ooh, you guy, you're making the jokes now. <laughs> the guy, you're making the jokes. <laughs> yes, this is the final episode of 2020 uh, in a very bad year all around for the world, Yeah, for you, what for me, year. for Rogues in the House. Uh, you know, we didn't do too many episodes this year, but we are here with one final one recording on the 15th of December, 2020. Uh, we're going to give you the best of, uh, what we think of, uh, in terms of sword and sorcery and pretty much any other thought we're going to throw at you. Uh, as always, we have the amazing co-stars of Mr. Matthew and Mr. Logan. What up? All right. We are in fact here. Yes. Uh, we did not invite Arnold to this episode, but uh, he, he might. Pops in. He, he usually does. pops in. You he know, we haven't so. been worthy of, of Arnold. <laughs> no. It's been you're like you're doing... You, your body fat is too big. You've been, <laughs> that's, that's true. That is true. You've been in days. isolation yeah. too long. You've been eating poorly. That is very true these days. I don't think Arnold Max, would say poorly. Watched a really interesting... Like, I don't care about weightlifting at all. Like, not even a little bit. And really? I watched I like, a really long interview with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger talking about like the current state of bodybuilding and how he's like dissatisfied with current physiques and trends and like what what they see. It was it was interesting. Mm. It was a it's a whole facet of the world that I never cared about before. But Arnold Schwarzenegger is talking about it, so so yeah. you listen. Yeah, I listened. Yeah, I mean it's uh, that is something that has changed. Like the steroids have gotten pretty, pretty serious. Human His big growth thing hormone. was like the whole like he called it like a bubble gut. Like yeah. your, instead of your abs like like being flat, they stick out, and he yeah. doesn't like that. Yeah, someone someone told me that like that was because with HGH, uh, your guts are like getting bigger and expanding and pressing onto your stomach. I love that. Yeah, something like that. I, I love mean, that I notion. Yeah, I know. I don't know that that's true. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I know what he's saying. It's like bodybuilding, there's a point where it just kind of does become grotesque. And right. I mean, it's still yeah. incredible. It's still very impressive. Anyone taking their body to those limits. But I don't know. There's just a certain point where the earthworms are snaking through your arms and it just looks crazy. Beauty yeah. is in the eye of the beholder. But what I actually wonder is, how come we couldn't HGH ourselves out of this whole COVID problem? Why, why don't we get the yeah. whole world taking HGH? We, we what all is, yeah. I don't know what that is. Human world growth hormones. Yeah. Yeah, well. we become a world of super mutants. Yeah. Uh, we just choke story. out the virus. Uh, I'll just tell you this because it's like the funniest damn thing. We used to like lift weights, my buddies and I, and um, <laughs> one guy told the story of like where he, he saw this kid coming out of like the supplement store, right? And this kid, or he was going back to the supplement store, and his mother was with him. <laughs> he had this giant, like, uh, cement bag full of this product called Mutant Mass. <laughs> 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 so this kid was like, all right, I'm going to get the muscles now. 
And his mom caught him and was like, you're taking that back? (laughs) (laughs) I love That's the best product name, too. Mutant Mass, yeah. You know he did no research on it and looked at the label and was like, yep. That's what I'm getting. <laughs> well, listen, I, 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 back in the day when I was lifting a little more and just trying to get out of my natural skinniness, I took a product called uh, Mutant Rage. <laughs> <laughs> that's even better. <laughs> From the mutant like brand a, of products. That's like a knockoff, like, like kickstarted RPG title. <laughs> well, it was like, I felt like I was Doom Guy, right? And yeah. it would. It'd make your face tingle. <laughs> and uh... <laughs> That's great. Hey man, the sales pitch worked on me. Mutant rage. We, I think we have a, a an SNS line of, uh, of bodybuilding stuff that we should get. Like, oh my like god, barbarian love- rage. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah. is just all too I'd, common these days, anyway. I'd get back into it. <laughs> so this will be a yeah, this will be something of a grab bag episode. They pretty much not. all are at this point. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. I think <laughs> why not? Yeah, why not? Why not? So what have you guys been doing? Oh man, Logan, what are you you doing? doing? Oh, all right. It's going to go like that, is it? You're more important than me. That's not true. Uh, In terms of leisure, um, you know, I've been playing uh, some video games. Actually, more video games than I'd played in quite a while. I kind of got back into it. I see you like playing on PlayStation quite a bit. And I'm like, oh man, Matt's actually on. But then you're like on a lot, which it's COVID times. Of course you are, because I am Mm. too. What do you guys, what have you been playing? Because I, so, I have my secret game that I played. Okay, I'll just rapid fire you a couple things that I've gone through. Um, the Resident Evil 3 remake, I finished that around Halloween. That was nice, great. Nice. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima uh, is awesome, and I feel like you guys would quite like that one. Was it hard? And, no, no. I, I have it set on easy because I'm old and don't no, want to No, no, I have no problem with that. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I no, don't, I don't no, pick on that anymore. It's not. It's not like um, those FromSoft games or anything like that. Yeah. No, it's 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 very cool. It's very satisfying. Um, combat, beautiful open world. Um, there's archery, Alex. Sweet. Can you be yeah, an archer? It, in, in, yeah, you can kind of just uh, focus on the archery stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to still be using your sword and things like that. But I will say this about it. You know how you have the sort of... You get an open world game and you're feeling like somewhat... It's daunting to just jump on and, yeah. you know, it, it's an investment... This one feels very chill. It's actually a relaxing game with sort of uh, bouts of carnage. Um, and you can, I, I find myself just jumping on and playing for 10 or 15 minutes and jumping out, but it still hooks my interest enough that I, I return to it. Cool. Yeah. So I recommend that. And and the <laughs> one thing that is really cool is uh, Streets of Rage 4. Oh my God, I got that too. Did you? Yes. Oh, dude, we need to play that. I didn't get it on PlayStation, though. What? Oh. What else is it on? What'd you buy it on? PC. PC? Yeah, PC. Ah. Uh, do they have, is it cross-platform? Uh, could look into that. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. Could be. It could be. That's more of the thing these days. It's that's awesome. Okay. I love the little, uh, I, I love the opening music. Mm-hmm. Like the cool saxophone sort of like It's the same beat. composer. Yeah. Um, oh, man, it's so good. games. And you so can. Good. I went into the. I went into the options menu. You can change it to the old soundtrack too. Oh, I didn't even look at that. Yeah, man. There's a cool. There's a bunch of little um, options and settings there. Yeah, it, I was really impressed. It's has the old spirit. Yep, it certainly does. But um, I love that it's got the the punch meter. So like, you can use your special move, 
Mm-hmm. And then you get your green meter from it. And then as long as you beat people up with your regular moves, you replenish the yes, health. You ca- you, yes, exactly. You get it back. Oh. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Great little great little tweak to the mechanics there. Yep. Um, it's funny. I bought Streets of Rage 4, was super excited for it. And I was like, I love this game when I was a kid. And then I realized that it wasn't the game that I played. I played that other one where like the mayor was like super jacked. Do you guys play that one? Yeah. Final Fight? Final Fight. Yeah, yeah it's Final Fight. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought it was a weaker game. And then, I, I, and then I realized after I was planted, I'm like, that's not even the same game. What am I doing? Yeah. <laughs> but I was still happy with the purchase. That's a that's a fair error to make. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, they mean, kind of are all one game. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and I mean, you know, I've been doing. Well, we'll just kind of go back and forth with a few things here. But uh, Logan, what have you been doing for leisure? Um, for leisure, man, I try and get outside when I can, like walking the dog and stuff. Um, as far as video games go, um, I, I I'm about halfway through Red Dead Redemption Two. Oh yeah. Which is nice. probably one of the best things I've ever played. Although I did take a break because it is one of those games where um, it's an investment. It's not as big of an investment as Witcher 3 because, like, I'm never bored, not even with the dialogue. Like, I understand that Witcher 3 is a great game, mm-hmm. but, like, there's so much talking in that one. Red Dead, there's always shooting, too. There's always something to do. The world's beautiful. The characters are well done. Um, I honestly think I'm probably going to save the last half to like get a PS5 because uh, I know it runs better and looks better on a oh, PS5. Cool. Will the saves um, transfer? Yes, they do. Because um, PS5 is entirely backwards compatible for every game except like 12 on PS4. Nice. Mm-hmm. So um, that's cool. Um, I have been playing Skyrim a little bit. Um <laughs> which is my alternate. <laughs> when, um, when are you not playing that game? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've actually, I found a bunch of stuff that I'd never seen before, and that was nice. Um, yeah, so, so that's what, good stuff. Have you been playing it on, like, a Game Gear or, like, a baby <laughs> monitor? Or, like, no, so you can play no. it on everything. Uh, <laughs> uh, although, so I got it. I got on this kick where I really, really wanted to play GoldenEye on N64, but I don't have an N64. Mm anymore so i i did some some fancy internetting and i found goldeneye that runs on mouse and keyboard and i played through that a couple times because that was like the first really big game post mario 64 that i got Mm -hmm. and like it was just i had a smile on my face the entire time how old were you when you had that gosh uh i think i was 11 or 12 because i was in college yeah (laughs) yeah it was was i wasn't old enough to get a a teen game yet because my parents got it for me because i wasn't able to get it myself they got it for christmas one t- one year yeah, it was interesting i got that game when uh because I-, I picked up n64 at launch and of course there was a drought there was like three games released in about yeah. six months it was just ridiculous and i had i bought that one day one not knowing at all it would be any good just like i need a game mm-hmm. yeah and then, you know it turned out to be a phenomenon which yep. in yeah. retrospect is one of the ugliest games ever oh, yes. it, it is it pretty doesn't... yeah yeah those, those the, their heads are squares of... with like a picture put on yeah. it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah quite something so my gaming um, so Streets of, Rage, Streets of Rage 4 that we already mentioned, um, mm. I had an amazing two, I think it was like two days, uh, during Thanksgiving time where my wife, uh, was so gracious and was like, you haven't had like an all day video game day in about a decade and a half. Wow. Yeah. Now's your time. And I was like, really? So she let me wall up in the office for pretty much like 48 hours. Um, didn't take all 48 hours, but I played Jedi Fallen Order 
uh, start to finish. Oh, whole I heard thing. that was oh, nice. It was awesome. And yeah. the Who, yeah. the Who, not like the W H O, but the H U, the Who has a oh, yeah, has okay. music in it, and it's really? awesome. Yeah, yeah. For, they have in like Star Wars. That's interesting. Yeah, they they're the opening track actually, and then they they get like a little reprise. Um, he's got that's his, cool. Yeah, this it's so funny like what they're doing with Star Wars these days because there's such a mix of um, modern ideas sometimes into things. So they, the here's an example: the opening scene. The main character, you know, you kind of like the camera pans into him and he's he's welding or doing whatever he's doing on a space station type thing. He's sort of salvaging uh, and he's got like earbuds in space earbuds, but earbuds nonetheless. Yeah. Right. And he's yeah. listening to music and the music is the who. And, oh, and it's that's like such a non Star Warsy kind of thing. But you start to see right. that more and more, like even in the Mandalorian, some of the language that they use here and there is a little more 2020. You know, versus yeah, yeah, um, yeah. scripted in a very, like, in a more galaxy far, far away kind of way. Um, yeah. But before we get into that, because I know we're going into The Mandalorian, other yeah, games, I also then, um, have you guys played The Room or heard of it? No. So it's, heard of it, yes. It's a yes, puzzle game. It, yes. It's a puzzle yeah. game. It's like four hours long. It's on iOS. It's kind of one of those things that like, got ported, I think, to pretty much everything. Really good if you can get your hands on it. Um, it's just like, I, w- I don't want to say it's an escape the room, but it's kind of that idea. It's just like puzzle after puzzle after puzzle, mm-hmm. all basically deciphering like this box has a little bit of like a love crafty and feel to it. Obviously like the deeper you decipher the box, the more you find like this cosmic, um, story kind of happening, cosmic horror sort of thing that's going on. Um, but that was fun. And then lastly, uh, I actually, I'm a big fan of, even though I don't play them all that often, visual novels. I like, I oh, really, yeah. I really, yeah, I really like them. Um, and, do you mean like a, uh, like a telltale game? Like the, uh, th- those are some of them. Very, very Is narrative. Is this like that anime stuff I get ads on Facebook for? <laughs> You sounded so southern. Right I there. know. I was going to say like that. that. I was totally going to say that. That's probably the, the rum talking. Probably the rum it talking. It was as he got angry about it. <laughs> he got more southern. Uh, the damn anime. The, the damn anime. The eyes, the eyes are getting all big on me. <laughs> Let me go get my gun. <laughs> we have a lot of southern folks uh, listening to this so there, I'll, I'll take that Logan, back. to answer your question there are a lot of anime visual novels out there I knew it you nerd but it's this one is not so you can just hold your tongue for a minute there okay okay that's right easy there <laughs> nebraska there wrong <laughs> so this this is a uh, vampire the masquerade uh visual novel called uh, okay. coteries of of new york uh, and I just finished that. It's like a five-hour game. Uh, it's really just sort of it's a it's a visual choose-your-own-adventure. That's basically how they they kind of work. Um, so you know you they have some generally they have some sort of light game mechanic where you're kind of playing with, you know, in this one it's sort of like how much you're um, losing control of your vampirism, right? That sort so of thing you, based on your are choices. You, are you reading this yes. or is it all like audiobook? No, no, you read it. It's interesting. Text, art, choice. More text, more art. That's what yeah, I think. My, my teacher uh, senses are tingling because I'm like, that might be that I could feel like that could be a good hook. Probably not Vampire Masquerade, which is all. No, there's some good ones out there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that yeah, one yeah. that one actually wasn't like too dark um, or too no. like overly sexual, which is probably your bigger concern. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they, yeah, no, those visual novels are a great thing. What did you say there, Tex? <laughs> Those anime ones are all about that uh, that not teenager appropriate. No, no, no. Uh, this, this depends which one. Depends which one. There's another one. Actually, um, for your own 
um, research. Uh, it's called Seer's Isle, uh, which I believe is not anime, not styled to anime. Uh, it's supposed to be good. I have not played it yet. I do want to get it. Um, it is set in uh, northern medieval uh, Europe, and it's basically like um, these, you know, teenage characters go on some sort of a vision quest to the isle, and they're kind of greeted with some sort of supernatural creature. Um, so cool. it's, I think, a, a question of surviving that. And they're, like, they're, they're literally visual choose-your-own-adventures. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I could... I, I, <laughs> it sounds weird, but I like that you're doing that. Thank you. I, I just feel, I feel like, well, there's, there's a thousand other things to distract yourself with, right? And that's a specific choice to make to dig into that. It's not, you know, a thousand other things you could be doing, and it's somewhat unusual. It's less flash than, yeah. you know, yeah. It's, it's good to... A little more substance I, than flash, yes. Yeah, so thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you could say I have classed it up a bit. Um, I see you are a man of culture. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but I find I, I've been doing that a little more too. Just uh, maybe it's the pandemic and the more time on the hands. But like I've been spending more time reading some comics and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've I, was painting some miniatures for Christ's sakes this nice. week. I had done that. In a while. I painted a whole board game. A whole wow. board game. In like two weeks. Yeah. What game? So it's uh, it's called it's a Terminator Genesis Rise of the Resistance. Good God! Of now, course it is. Of, of, of course. Of course, Terminator Genesis is not the uh, height of the Terminator franchise, but I had I had just kept. It kept popping up on things, and people were like, "This game is shockingly good." Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a co-op dungeon crawler, and so I noticed it was like kind of getting harder to get. And whenever I see that happening on a licensed time, piece, time to I do it. Yep, I gotta get it, yep. and so I did. And there's so much chrome in it that painting it was pretty quick. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I banged it out in like a week and a half. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah, it was kind of nice. satisfying to kind of go back to that old. Uh, hobby so. i know i look at my miniatures at some, uh, some every now and then and i'm kind of like will i ever paint again mm. uh, and then i kind of move on to something else <laughs> the, the answer is the answer is you probably will at um, some point I, I take big, i take big breaks too and uh not like riding a bike painting miniatures by the way you gotta get you gotta I get know. back and you gotta do a few um yep because your first couple will suck yep at one point i did go back um maybe a year or two ago and yeah. i was like oh my god i'm awful and I just put it yeah. back down and I was like, I'm, I'm well, not ready to invest in this right now. That's the problem though. It's tough. Cause you'll come back, you will have lost your mm-hmm. mojo and you'll be discouraged. Yep. But, um, you know, I still got a tiny bit of Conan to paint. Um, and, oh man, I also saw people online are going to kill me if we don't get an update out, but I saw the, the plastic proofs, like basically the production copies from the, uh, Conan the Conqueror stuff that, I've been working on for the last, you know, year. And, uh, you know, some of the ones that I gave very specific instructions to sculptors to create. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you see the renders, you see the resins, and then you see the production. So you're just a little bit like, oh, are they going to look? And man, they look so good. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of relieved just because, you know, I so mean, you want them to be good, right? When you're going to give them that update. Uh, soon, I hope we've, I knew we'll have an update out soon, uh, before this airs, but yeah, we, I, I've been pushing to get those, those picks out there cause they are sexy. Very nice. I mm-hmm. like it. Exciting stuff. So, uh, is that, I mean, any other, like, 
we've we've only really kind of been brushing on sword and sorcery a little bit here, and we've got things to discuss for sure. Bef- um, yeah, before we do though, I think we have to give Logan. It's been a long time since we even like talked to each other. I like, know face to face. So yeah. So everyone has to indulge us, Logan. You need yeah. to talk about a pro- you need to talk about a project you're working on. Oh, mm. well, I don't like to toot my own bugle. But, um, but no, you're no, gonna no, do it. you're gonna do it right now because okay. I gotta do it too. You're gonna toot it long and hard, my friend. Okay. So uh, um, me and the listener, um, his name is Zach. I don't know how comfortably he would be putting like um, his last name on here. Um, I don't know about that. I don't know. But we are working on a project called Cliffhanger Magazine, um, which is a magazine that aims to um, publish fiction. And we do have a couple nonfiction articles about the adventure genre. And, like, I know that adventure means a lot of different things because, like, yeah, there's fantasy adventure. Yeah, there's science fiction adventure. Um, We're specifically looking for stuff that you would see in, like – like Indiana Jones, Tomb Raider. Um, we do have some historical pieces. Um, we did finish our submissions, and we do have some excellent stories um, that run the gamut of all kinds of things. Like we have a, a like a like a noir investigative journalist adventure. We have Uh-oh. Did we just lose him? He, he is. in the stone. Uh, what? Did I die? Yeah, we yeah, lost you for a second. second you there. just went. You went crazy. You were talking about your khaki adventure fiction. Oh it's, yeah, yeah, my. It's whip. It, it, yeah, the, the, the genre is whip and compass. I've decided <laughs> yeah. to call it. <laughs> it's because uh, every time I, I visualize that, I see this like you know that sort of. Uh, yeah, yeah. You got your khaki. Yeah. The, the khakis. Yep. It's khaki leather jacket. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so Logan, yeah, I think we heard most of what you said. Um, yeah. But cool. yeah, you're talking about maybe just restate that. Yeah, no, we've got all kinds of all kinds of adventure stuff. Um, uh, basically, it's got to be grounded in, um, I guess, some part of our history. We do have one that's kind of near future, but very relevant. Um, and it's got to be pulpy adventure. Uh, we accept aliens, we accept ghosts, we accept cursed treasure, um, all that kinds of stuff. Um, we filled our first magazine. Um, we're editing it now. Um, I'm hoping to have it out um, early next year, which isn't far away. Nope, um, it's a couple of weeks. COVID times are COVID times, and it's thick times. So, yeah. Logan, we keep exactly. losing you. We, um, we keep losing so you a little bit. look forward to that. We do have cover art. We did pay for cover art. You really? Yeah. Because hey, you guys keep freezing for me, and then it looks like we lost Matt. Uh, I think he just walked away for a second. But I'm here. I just yeah. muted. I, it's, I think it's on your okay. end. So it could be. Why don't you do what you got to do over there? Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk your project up yeah, for a second. Um, the art, the cover art for this is phenomenal. People, it is so good looking. Um, it is. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of a um, like a true. I want to say sort of a traditional Indiana Jones kind of look uh, to it. I think the the um, the main character in the in the the cover art is he looks like he's a photographer of sorts of something like that and sort of his camera is out of his hand and then there's this glowing uh jewel uh kind of hovering in the air triggering or sort of luring some sort of a um uh unknown i don't want to say alien creature but some sort of a uh alter alter dimensional creature or something like that uh and so it's just like so well done i don't know i forget who you said it was 
Um, yeah, but... uh, his name is actually it's it's I believe it's Jesus Garcia. Um, and this actually connects to something I want to talk about later, or uh, because the he did the artwork for the the Savage Scrolls, which is edited by Jason Ray Carney, who does Whetstone Magazine. So that's another anthology. That's where I, I, I found the artist. He was suggested by those those uh, gentlemen over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I saw oh. the the Savage Scrolls uh, cover looks great as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I sort of out of self interest was like, hmm, what's his name? And uh, and and actually, the the Savage Scrolls uh, also just has a very sort of minimal but slick kind of layout um doesn't seem like a complex one but it it really kind of works um so yeah i've just been thinking yeah oh, that's not a bad layout and cover mm-hmm. you know? well it's really, really good liked about it because like covers are hard um especially when you want to maintain like that pulpy feel which is very out of vogue on like a bookstore shelf but I think Savage Scrolls made a, a good design choice because you still have that really colorful, pulpy art at the front, but it's also really slick um, and, and looks nice. So Yeah, I agree. And I will also say, my God, a cover is so important. Oh, yeah. You know, the there's yeah. a few adages that just don't make sense anymore, but I feel like you should judge a book by its cover in the sense that whoever put it out um, is, in a way, they're trying to hook you and if that's what they're trying to hook you with it either doesn't speak well to the contents or it's disrespectful to the contents mm-hmm. to provide a weak cover well the the idea and this is, i'm going to expound for a second just because logan and i were talking about this very recently uh yeah. the importance of the cover is to to draw you in yes. right and to be like oh i i you know you're conveying what the spirit of this whole thing is about right and if it catches your eye, there's a good chance you're going to pick it up and you're going to read a few pages, and that's the whole idea. So a cover absolutely 100% matters. And when I was talking with Logan, we were talking about a cover that did not quite uh, do that job. And I was like, I just listen, I just would not pick up this book. Like, I would, it would be the one that I walk by, and it could be the best yeah. book in the world, and I would really yeah. need someone to recommend it to me. That's right. To come and back I, and say that that's that's what I want. And I think even for an ebook, right? You yep. need yep. something, and an ebook cover is a little easier to do because you don't have to have certain features, as far as I understand it. But it's still you got to have something, man. Yeah, yeah. And and the other thing is, especially with sword and sorcery, and even with uh, adventure fiction too, it's like there is a tradition and a history of having art and the story complement one another. Yep. And so I don't know. Like I think part of why I haven't released anything is well yes it's laziness but i i I know i know i gotta nail something like that i gotta have a decent cover and i gotta commission it and you know it's 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 it takes time it takes time and you have to be um you have to be in the right space for it too i think you know like emotionally like you know you really want that good that good artwork and it takes a lot of time to kind of go through and contact people and kind of have that conversation and express what it is that you're truly thinking of so yeah it's yeah it's... yeah it's, it took me about a week to settle on this guy and like uh, I, he was one of the last people i found but when he got to it he took like three days like professionals are so good at what they do and that's why you pay for it like yep you can tell yeah. when something's not professionally done and and it was so 
Yeah. yeah. And it looks great. And I can't wait. I can't wait for your project. I'm going to buy at least three hard copies myself. <laughs> Jeez. Thanks. <laughs> well, I told you, I'm going to get one, one for me. I'm going to get one for me. I'm going to get a digital for me because I have this weird yeah. problem where I skip between things now. Uh, and then I'm going to get a couple to, to give people with. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. So everyone get your money's ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt, you, well, your, your project time, or are we going to actual sword and sorcery talk? Well, my projects are sort of sword and That's sorcery. True. That's true. That's yeah. true. Uh, you get to double dip. Yeah. No, I mean, I've done, uh, I feel like I've gotten a lot of, uh, I've gotten a lot of work done over the last while, even though I sometimes feel like with all the time I might have had, you know, with with the COVID situation that I didn't get enough done or I didn't do enough things. I feel that. Yeah, but I mean, you did do things. Right now, you just set up a publication. I know. You That's got a true. bunch of things in. That's... You got a cover done. I'm sure you've done some writing. Uh, yep. I think it's I think it's that everything is in such slow motion, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that we're we're not really thinking about all the things. Like I got. Uh, I did a few nonfiction articles. It was mainly, you know, during the height of the summer and when things were locked down, etc. Um, did you do one for Grimdark Magazine? Because I, yeah. I heard about it, but I never saw it. <laughs> I did I did several. Um, I did one I called... You posted them all over. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> I that, that all over the place. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, those were... That was just kind of fun to do, right? Um because I hadn't really done nonfiction. And I think um, when you're pursuing writing at a certain point, you need to kind of break away from what you're doing and do something else just for the sake of it, or at least in my experience. Um, but yeah, that and all the all the Conan the Conqueror stuff. So that is officially done in the sense that it's all at the factory. Yay. All the revisions are finished. All right. The printing is happening. That's awesome. Yeah. So, but there's still, there's still some, um, like we promised some online scenarios for the big three expansions, Kitai, Stygia, Nordheim. So I'm still actually doing, uh, two scenarios. I'm doing the Stygia ones. Um, the other Nemedian chroniclers are doing the other two. And I also did one for the Tower of the Elephant game. Um, so that's a game. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that one. It's it's really cool. Like, uh, I mean, I've not played it because it doesn't exist yet, but um, it's like a modular tower yeah. um, sort of co-op uh, game. I think you can do co-op or competitive, um, but that's all done too. That's in the production phase, but I just wrote a scenario for it that essentially uses the monolith stuff with a few of the components from Tower of the Elephant. So is Tower the Teller of the Elephant is that standalone? Yeah, it's a standalone game. Um, I think like uh, they may do some other Conan properties with it, mm. but oh. I'm not I'm not 100 sure what the plan is. Um, the whole modular thing is really neat. Um, yeah, it's ten, tenfold dungeon. I think it's called. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. I know a lot of people. Well, I don't know about a lot of people. The, they were like, the, the tower's round in the story, and, and <laughs> it's square on the board game, because yeah. that's, of course, how you make it. Uh-huh. How, yeah. some, man, I'm telling you, I, I, I've seen a lot of pedants in my day, but, like, the extent to which some Conan fans are pedantic is just, like, it's just un, <laughs> yeah, it's unreal. Yeah. It's unreal. Um, 
I just <laughs> you ever read a thing online where someone proposes something and you're like, are you a child? <laughs> of course that won't work. That's not how the world works. Yes, the Hollywood film is going to call you up to write a thing. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, thankfully, my, 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 my new thing in 2020 is to actually not engage. I have Good. written countless long statements to people who are being stupid, telling them how stupid they were. Yeah, you used to do ways. that a lot. I don't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'm done. I've had it. I don't know if I'm just too old or I'm just, what's the point, right? Pretty yeah. soon you'll be off uh, social media. No, you can't because you have to. Yeah. You have to maintain a presence. We talked about that. That's where I'm yeah. at. I'm just off social media, basically. Yeah, but I mean, even on like Conan Gaming Group now on Facebook, there I um, I'm still involved, but like I don't. If anyone's being a tool, like they're gone. Mm-hmm. I just can't do it anymore. Like we've, I, I think just overall in in social media, I watched groups just destroyed or turn into cesspits because people don't moderate with common sense. It's like, if you're being a jerk and you're being an antagonist, you're gone. Goodbye. Yep. yep. You know? So, yeah, I mean, I don't really want to, I've been getting some other, you know, I finally got back to writing some shorts and uh, I actually am in a point where I'm feeling quite productive. I've got one other oh. project, I'm professional project I'm working on now, but I'll save that for a little later. Um, but it's pretty sweet though. Sweet. Later in the podcast or later in the... Yeah, yeah, I'll mention it later. I just don't... Oh. I feel like I'm talking too much at the moment. All right. Well, let's change gears then. Let's switch to uh, The Witcher. Did you guys hear about um, what happened to... Um, what's his face? I can't even think of his name. <laughs> <laughs> I just brought the topic up and Henry I drew a blank. Cavill. Yeah, Henry Cavill. Thank you. Hurt, Thank you. Hurt his leg. Yeah, he got hurt. Oh, he did? Yeah. That's yeah. too bad. Yeah, it doesn't it's sound right. like it's like uh, anything too major. He just needs time to recover. And don't yeah. worry, production is not being delayed. That's right. They're filming. Production shooting commences. They're filming uh, non-Henry uh, scenes, yeah. otherwise known as what's his face. For the trailer was cool. Um, I was actually I was on the like looking at just the trailer, not knowing anything about it. I thought the girl who played Siri was recast because she's older in the second year se- the second season but oh, it's yeah. the same same woman and she just is so like they did a good job with that making her look they just actually older. aged her a little bit or yeah. aged her up a bit yeah yeah uh, a li- yeah a li- good but i mean she's also like she was pretty young there's a certain point where like kids just go from child to uh, yeah and teenager yeah that's true. yeah that's right. the crew from uh, harry potter yeah, or Stranger Things. Yeah, or Stranger the, Things, totally. Her faces just start yep. stretching out. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and Jason Momoa is in, in this season, oh, right? Oh, is he? No, I think what... Is he getting uh, his own... Yeah, is he getting a movie or series? They're doing a spinoff where he just glowers at everything. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, no, it's true, though, yeah. the original Witcher, right? The original yeah. Witcher? Yeah. Um, I can see him as a Witcher, for sure. Yeah. I actually saw this really funny Onion article. I love the Onion. And it was like, Jason Momoa calls in stunt double to help with really yeah. hard facial expression. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I saw it. It was, it was funny. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, he's, he's, he's kind of one trick. Uh, yeah, well, that's you know. fine. That trick yeah, it is, is fine. You, you need that, you know? Yeah. I mean, Christ, I, I'm a huge Arnold Schwarzenegger fan. I wouldn't say dynamic is his uh, specialty. <laughs> Yeah. So. so the Witcher, yeah. Um, yeah. 
We did a Witcher episode one time. It's lost uh, somewhere in the time warp. Um, no, no, no. We, I thought we posted it. No? No. No, never... no that was the last one that before is... I took over editing because oh. you were doing your work stuff. Yeah. And we just never got to it. Okay. So it's well, out there. That's right. Yeah. We'll wait for, for uh, season two and we'll drop yeah. that out. That's right. Or oh, I remember talking about this last time. Yeah. 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 We yeah, said yeah. we were going to. Re- Release season one's review <laughs> on season two. <laughs> the most rogues in the house thing ever. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Did you guys see they uh, announced um, a starring cast for the Dungeons and Dragons movie? I'm not too I familiar did. with this actor, but I did. Chris Pine. Yeah. He, uh, yeah. Chris Pine. So he was in. Uh, I hear he's mostly good. what I saw him. Yeah, he is. He was. I thought he did a. I mean. He was in the Star Trek films, which, I mean, I'm not a huge Trekkie. I, I, I do like the original series, and I did like, uh, I only saw the first two of those films. But it's not an enviable task to try and step into the James T. Kirk role. Mm-hmm. But oh, that, that's him. So. Okay, all right. Okay, that's now him. I yeah. placed it. Yep. Yeah. I thought he did so with, uh, you know, charisma and, um, mm-hmm. and humor, and I, I actually think when I saw that announcement, I was like, "That's a that's a huge feather in the cap for uh, for that movie, or, or rather, it's um." Well, they're hoping it's a, it's a franchise at this point. So, yeah, but he's 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 like a list, right? Mm-hmm. Or or, or damn damn act. close to it. Yeah. So that that can only be a good thing in the sense that there will be money. Yep. Um, and he is a charismatic actor. I don't really. He doesn't tend to take junk projects so i feel like it that's a good sign that's a good sign uh, yeah. i gotta it depends on how you feel about what you want in a dungeon and dragons movie i think because i read some interviews on this and it seemed as though the um the studio was alluding to it being more akin to tom hanks's mazes and monsters than a serious fantasy movie Oh wait, um, hold on! Like it takes place in the real world and the fake world. Yeah, uh, I'm automatically checked out. I'm already the, out. Like the Masters of the Universe movie. I hate that. I hate, hate, yeah. I hate it, guys. I hate it. I hate yeah. it when fantasy is like, oh, there's a fantasy realm and planet Earth. Like I am out. Yeah, John no, Carter's I don't like that. John either. Carter's the only exception, and I actually feel like it would be much better if they didn't have the Civil War piece or. or yeah. The real world. Yeah, I just exactly. I don't like it. I really don't like it. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I think <laughs> some people are thinking perhaps maybe it'll be people sitting at a table, like kids sitting at a table playing the game, and then also the movie. Oh, so but it's like the, the Prince's Bride. Was kind of the or Stranger yeah. Things. Or Stranger, things. Yeah. Stranger Things bit. No, uh, Princess Bride well, is where he's reading the book to the kid, and then like it's sort of like in the imagination you get the the actual story. Yeah. Well, All I'm it... saying is that Sorry, some healthy skepticism would be mm. good when approaching the Dungeons & Dragons franchise. Oh, yeah. No, no. I had, um, yeah. prior prior to Matt just making an amazing sell job on how it's, there's hope, I had no hope. But, <laughs> had no hope. <laughs> but, he, but he gave me hope, and now it just and got taken God. away. <laughs> that was just a, yeah. a complete emotional roller coaster for me. Um, <laughs> a while ago, it was the guy who did the Goosebumps movie, and I heard the Goosebumps movie was surprisingly good. The first but, one is surprisingly good. The second one is awful. But that kind of tracks in the sense that, like, 
I feel like that movie was about, uh, you know, the real world and then sort of uh, delving into fantastical things that occur. Mm. So, yes. that could be it. But, yeah. but Logan, to be fair, that's all speculation because actually I'm pretty sure nobody knows anything about the plot. Nobody knows whether it is a generic branded Dungeons and Dragons movie or if this is a Forgotten Realms sort of thing or a Dragonlance sort of thing. I don't think anyone's like really clear as to what that is yeah. yet. Yeah. I mean, it's probably yeah. not a Dragonlance thing as much as I would love that to be the case. The uh, opening scene should involve a rust monster just wrecking, wrecking <laughs> equipment. <laughs> but, That's but actually, I think, part of the problem with Dungeons and Dragons is that when you play an RPG at the table with your friends, you make the story and that makes the story cool. Mm. But when someone else is making the story for you, is anyone ever going to be completely like, Oh, that's cool. I don't know. Mm. No. That's I mean, it's muscle. called, it's just called making a fantasy movie. That's all you yeah. really need to yeah. do here and brand it with exactly. Dungeons and Dragons. Use the stuff, put in a Tiamat, put in a, you know, Avenger yeah. from the uh, freaking cartoon. If you wanted to, you'd be good. You'd be all good. Well, and that's what I'm saying is they, there's certain, keystones that I would like or touchstones or I don't know what I'm saying. Anyways, yeah. certain uh, tropes I want them to hit from D&D, right? Like I feel like something like a rust monster or an owlbear yeah. or a beholder. Owlbear don't care. Any, yeah, there's, yep. there's certain pieces in there that like the general public probably doesn't know about but would latch onto and they'd be kind of foolish not to mm-hmm. introduce them into you know our, our popular culture. Meme-worthy things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Anyway, so well, let's just say, uh, to be continued. To be continued. continued. That's out there. Yep. Um, I do think Chris Pine's a good actor, and I did like all his Star Wars movies or Star Trek movies. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, so they were fun. Um, you know, is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess we'll. Yeah, we'll see. Um, we just gonna keep going at some upcoming things that we're psyched about yeah why don't you pick a topic so one thing i'm super looking forward to i posted this the other day um robert eggers new film uh the northman so this is this has become my most anticipated film and the reason is this guy directed the witch Uh, that's about five years old i think yeah the witch is good oh man it was just a very atmospheric horror film all shot in natural light and i've never seen a film invoke that terror that you get from the woods if you're out in the woods at twilight right there's this scene where she's going her brother's gone missing and there's apparently a witch in the woods but just that sense of looking for somebody and the light is sort of receding and there's all these tangles of branches and just the sense that there's things closing in and there's a there's an evil there. Um, it is a film that it it's not a jump scare film. And no. it's, it is very much the definition of a slow burn. But there's just something about it that stuck with me um, in ways that few films do. And then, of course, this guy follows it up with uh, The Lighthouse. I haven't it's, seen this one. Oh man, I loved this movie. Like, it's Willem Dafoe as a crusty old sea captain. Um, it's there's all these mythological allusions in there. Um, 
some Prometheus uh, myths as well. There's some fart humor. <laughs> there is like some some rhyme of the ancient mariner. Don't kill the the bird of of good omen. Um, anyways, Willem Dafoe is is worth the price of admission in this film. And uh, Robert Pattinson, it's the first movie I ever saw him in, and he was amazing too. But again, it was all black and white, and just the atmosphere and the dread was so well done. And the paranoia, there's even Lovecraftian notes in there. And so when I hear this guy is doing a dark Viking revenge movie, and he's got Willem Dafoe in there playing a character called The Fool, and you've got a Skarsgård, you've got um, Anya Taylor-Joy, uh, who was in The Witch, who is yeah. recently blowing up in um, Queen's The Queen's Gambit. Gambit, which I thought was a great series as well. That one's got me pumped. Had so, to be and, Vikings. I yeah, guess. I know, I know. And honestly, I'm I'm over the Vikings too. But there's a certain. No, yeah. This has, right, this has the right. This has the right mix for you. Exactly. Yeah. When someone comes along that you, it renews my interest in that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and it also puts us in a more sword and sorcery realm. In that, you know, there's this is like a 10th century kind of setting. Uh, there's going to be swords, there's probably going to be some mayhem, and there's probably going to be a whole lot of weird. Yep. Yeah, because all of his movies have something really weird about them. Yeah, very weird, unsettling, um, yeah. just gorgeous photography, and just interesting performances, so that's my official thing I'm looking forward to I'd, I'd the most. I'd love to see him do a western in like the desert. I think uh, that'd be cool. But... Yeah, he could do a cool desert film for sure. Yeah. Mm. Like, There's a guy who could probably do Blood Meridian in an interesting way. Oh, yeah, way. that's true. That's true. Yeah. God, what a book that is. <laughs> so that's, um, that'd be the next on my list. Do you guys have something else? I mean, I've got, I've got other things down here, but what else is, uh, what's, what's tickling your fancy? What do you got, Logan? Well, you know, I, I haven't been, because I've been so busy with Cliffhanger, I haven't been doing a lot of sword and sorcery, sword and sorcery lately. Mm. Um, so a lot of my stuff is not, you know, going towards that. Um, but I do see that the Mandalorian is on our list. Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. I've been watching that. I, well, we watch it every Sunday with breakfast. They make like pancakes and stuff. Nice. I have I a set Mandalorian time too. Yeah. But, but we do yeah. ours Friday night. Usually it's sushi and, and Mandalorian. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, Disney is wringing its hands right now. Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> yes. it's become a family tradition. <laughs> Walt and cryo stays this a little longer. Yeah. Um, but uh th- there's so much I don't know. It's just it's so it's so well done. Like some parts of this um season haven't done it completely for me, but that last episode is easily my favorite one of all the episodes um from season 1 and 2. Be specific mm-hmm. on what the last episode is because the, uh, by the time we post this it may be February. That's true. The yeah. one with uh, Bill Burr, Bill Burr's last uh, yes episode for this one, yeah, um, yeah. where they they I don't even remember they're trying to get information. From they're the they're infiltrating a, a imperial base. Well, that happens a lot, uh, yeah, but they're infi- this time they're getting um, the the coordinates for uh, Moff Gideon's ship. Yeah, mm. nerd. Um, yes, I know. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I like but, the series a lot, yeah. <laughs> and but also that, with you. <laughs> Matt and Alex say it all the time. The whole series is a bunch of RPG uh, 
like yes. uh, little sessions. Yes, you want to learn like, how to play and write uh, RPG stuff? That just watch that show. Yeah. That's what really did the for me the last uh, episode because my favorite RPG is Spycraft, which is like a D twenty one, and uh, you know you had two infiltrators, you had a couple snipers, you had a wheelman. Everyone had something to do. No one was yeah. bored. Like that's a good RPG I, where you don't have guys just sitting in a dungeon walking around together. Like no, everyone. I, me- <laughs> that's, I remember that's- thinking that Logan when I'm watching it. It was when. You know, you've got Mando and uh, Bill Burr there. Oh, my God. I almost just said Bill Barr. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not go there. Uh, Bill Burr, a bald comedian. Uh, They're in the base, (laughs) and, you know, he does that surprising thing where he takes the shot at the guy. But it's it's the fact that you had your other two positioned up on the cliff to help provide. Mm -hmm. I was actually tracking the initiative. I was like, all right, at what point are these guys coming in and i was like this show is such an rpg it is and and the funny thing is it's like (laughs) we were just saying like this is alex was saying take notes because if you watch this show this would tell you how to write a good rpg adventure and i'm like these guys actually took an rpg adventure template and turned it turned into a show. show yeah you're right and it's like i mean i don't know i can't say for certain that's what they did but i know nerds and nerds yeah, <laughs> they've all spent. They've mostly spent time at a table, right, to to play those games, and it just oozes that RPG. Yep. And like, well, uh, it's like, definitely not sword and sorcery. I think no. like the the universe it presents, the way it presents the Star Wars universe, um, like it has those characters, like Bill Bar. Or I almost said Bill Bar too. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Bill Burr's whole thing with like he's an ex soldier, but we didn't know that his first appearance, and you know, he was a bad guy the first time we saw him, but now he's, like, changing things right. because, you know, he's just a normal guy that happened to fight for the Empire. That's pretty right. shades gray, and I think that's easily transposable into something sword and sorcery. Mm-hmm. Oh, I agree. And, I mean, if you just, again, you, you could reskin this show into a, into a sword and sorcery thing, and it would totally work. And the interesting thing is, we are now going to get a thousand Mandalorian clones. That's true. You just, the, that. People are people are going to oh, ape this format. Absolutely, right? yeah. Disney's going to do it, you know, ad nauseum. But yep. so are so are others. But it's interesting, right? We I heard that interview recently that Frederick Momberg did from Cabinet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, with God, I can't remember that publication. Uh, the, it's a YouTube channel. Anyway, before you go down that path, I want to just say that I think The Witcher also has that same kind of feel and formula it does does. but but witcher kind of stumbled on it a bit right Mm -hmm. like it Mm -hmm. witcher was kind of um somewhat disjointed in time and they they They, had a few issues there they do do time jumps yep yeah i I don't know i don't i'd like to know more about why you think it stumbled but i'll I'll let you i'll let you go yeah no no and and again i I think we talked about that in our witcher episode but uh Uh, and I'm not even like I, I did like The Witcher actually, but yeah, I, I think I think you will see other shows really lean into that. And mm-hmm. it sounds like Frederick um, sees the sort of fuel that The Mandalorian is kind of providing here, and it's going to make things like Conan easier to do because people are going to trust that approach more, right? Yep. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah. And I actually don't want to take us away from Mandalorian just yet. <laughs> All of a sudden Conan swoops in. All right, it's the Conan right. show. <laughs> but That's it right. is. I think it's a great format for, you know, what we want to see in in a, in a Conan show. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I wouldn't mind at all if they followed a very similar, we have this hour-long episode, the adventure starts here, the adventure ends here, here's the story thread. Yeah, like, and these characters that kind of pop in and pop out, right? Like, love that. that that's love the biggest, that. I think that's the biggest thing, is that you have these special guest members, uh, the, the special cast members that just come in, and you just, every week you're almost tuning in to see who's my new special guest. Yeah. Again, very, very RPG. When I used to run campaigns back in the day, we had these NPCs who would pop up from time to time, right? I remember mm-hmm. I had this yeah. guy called Ratmane, and he was this guy. He'd show up, and he'd be like, hello. And the players would kind of, <laughs> at a certain point, they'd start rolling their eyes because this guy was just a yeah. scumbag. But I kept putting him in there because he was, like, funny. And, you know, he, he literally wore this vest. He was a skinny dude. He wore his vest made of rat fur, <laughs> rat fur all stitched together, and he was like super tall and gross and had a rat face. Anyways, that was that was Rat Man. Sorry, I, I like Rat Man. That was good. I, I like how he talks like that. Yeah, he talks like that. He might be Australian one day or New Zealand the next. You know, a little know. bit of an Australian Cockney accent. Yeah. Either way, it was a Canadian disrespectfully doing an accent from his ancestors. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Well, uh, well, Matt picks himself up off the floor. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I think I think you guys are right. Though I mean, Mandalorian is is definitely setting a good formula um, for this particular genre and for everybody to ape over it. I think the thing to watch out for is that it's very easy to copy and I think hard to provide um, creative variants to. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, we've already seen kind of the gold standard. So I think other, the the followers are going to have a hard time being a little different. Yes. And it, it also, it does what it does very well to the point of where I would say it does it the best it possibly could while having episodic content, while having a through line. Yep. And without the best, you know, the best of the best tackling this, other people will struggle and we as an audience may actually lose an appetite for it at a certain point. I think so. Yeah. I'm not I'm not saying I'm there. Um, you know, I see people online saying, eh, I wish they would just have a story. It's just one new thing after the next. Oh, I'm my like, God. That's I'm like, that's its greatest strength. Yeah, that's yeah. the coolest part. But eventually, it might be hard to keep doing it. Uh, I'm not saying no, it, I, I want them to keep doing it, but who knows, right? When, when my daughter watches all these episodes with me and she makes the observation that oh they never seem to get to where they're going <laughs> yeah yeah right yeah, i'm exactly. like that's the point of the adventure yeah. <laughs> like yeah, that's, that's the whole right. thing like they have a quest but you got to stop off in 80 different places just to make a little bit of progress yeah. Yeah. How many dungeons have I done just trying to go from Windhelm to White Run? Seventeen. <laughs> <That's laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. All right. No, so... I mean, I, yeah, I have nothing but praise for that show, and I feel like I, I might have liked the Ice Spider episode the best, just because Ice Spiders. Yeah, you did like I, that one quite a bit. I did. I well, it's just I, I I believe the first or the second season is just stronger in every way than the first. I'm not saying the first wasn't good. I just think that like they are firing on all cylinders and um, I have I a question know. though. 
yeah. on this whole thing. And this is, this is going to tie this back to sword and sorcery. One of the things that the Mandalorian is doing for the Star Wars universe is expanding and building in that place, that, that sandbox, mm-hmm. right? What do you think about, I know what you guys think about, audience, what do you think about the idea of um, Conan being expanded? Because we're getting, we're going to get a show, right? I mean, it sounds, yeah. it sounds that way. And, and if it's successful, and if they get the talent, okay, I would watch a a spinoff show about um, I don't know, name anybody, uh, yeah. Valeria. But but uh, let's but let's Vanities, but let's think of it this way. Let's let's assume that it's top quality. It's as good as the Mandalorian in our opinions, right? Are you mm-hmm. saying like lore wise? I'm saying lore wise, like, introducing things, new ideas, building out that. I don't care what whatever you want to call it, that universe, right? Mm-hmm. How how does how do you feel about that? I mean, I think it's great. I do too. I also think it has to be done. Like Robert mm-hmm. E. Howard only wrote so many Conan. That's stories, exactly it. And the source material is only going to get you so far. And you know, if you just did the stories, you could probably get a couple seasons out of a lot of the little stories, mm-hmm. and one whole season out of Hour of the Dragon. Um, maybe a couple, like, two or three episode arcs out of the longer ones. But you're going to run out of stuff, and you don't want to run out of stuff. And you, you would yeah. hope that that would be the approach that they take. Grow yeah. grow the world, not necessarily focusing on the specific character or characters that already exist. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I mean... them to stick with just that stuff, I think, is, is you know, hyping yourself up for disappointment. Well, it's not It's not possible. Um, yeah, just not it's possible. Not, you, you can't you can't adapt pure Howard first. I think we all we all know that. But mm-hmm. um, not to say you can't adapt stories and hew in hew close to the to the to the text to you know to a degree. But and and in fact, one of the articles I wrote for Grimdark Magazine was a <laughs> no <list> way. Of, <laughs> it was five things Netflix. Uh, must do with Conan and click on the website so they get clicks. Um, but one of the things I mentioned is that you really can't adapt it purely. You have to kind of extrapolate and really capture the tone and show the Hyborian age. You know, you've got to nail the Hyborian age, the feel. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, you, you've got to fill in the blanks because you have to have, you have to be able to move from point A to point B, and you can't have one episode that's ten minutes of the Frost Giant's daughter, and then have another episode that's three hours of Hour of the Dragon. Three yep. hours of the Dragon. Sorry. <laughs> 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 but but uh, yeah, and, and to your point, Logan, too, where like we could absolutely expand this and you could go down other roads and i think from a standpoint we've said this too with like rpgs we are almost more interested in seeing other stories yes we've seen we've said that a million times. Yeah. i'm even i'm even open to different tones but isn't involved. it isn't it like it's critical for the ip i would think at this point it is like yeah, if no, you, is, the because... whole reason why the Mandal, uh, there's many reasons why the Mandalorian works, but the whole reason why Star Wars in general works is because they, 
they expanded it. There were books yeah. and books and all this stuff. It became the gospel that, you know, legions of nerds love. And mm-hmm. for some reason, that Conan verse doesn't work that way, right? And if you expand yeah. on it, a lot of people say, man, that's not Howard, mm-hmm. it, which is really funny that it kind of works that way. It's, it's like actually the antithesis of what Star Wars is. Yeah. And you yeah. can you can capture a tone, you can do a thing, um, and as long as you're not spitting in the eye of the fans and you churn out something that is quality, I think they're going to be okay with it. Yeah. They just, on the message boards, aren't okay with anything that isn't Ever. pure. Right. Yeah. And, but a lot of us are reasonable, right? Mm-hmm. There's just yeah. a lot of people who seemingly are not. Sorry, Logan, what were you saying? No, no, no. I was going to say with your... Um your your idea about the tones um and i think uh, this is disney we're talking about here and they just announced like 72 different star wars spinoff shows um and you know they're all going to be different they're related but different it's like you've got what Andor. (laughs) sure maybe (laughs) we have high hopes um there's that one called Andor that's clearly a spy show you've got an obi-wan kenobi show um you've got like rangers of the new republic which sounds pretty western to me um Mm. but i don't know um that's very much a piece of the marvel playbook in like phase like three or four Mm -hmm. they figured out that not every movie has to be the same Mm -hmm. and so ant-man is a heist movie that's also kind of a comedy and uh you know captain america is a techno thriller isn't isn't kevin feige in charge of that Yes, like, I, th- I yeah, heard he, he got moved over to guide Star Wars after. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Oh, wow! I didn't know uh, well, I, it, I knew that was happening. Um, I don't know that it happened, but it sure yeah. seems to have his stamp on it. Yeah, right? um, and and you can tell different kinds of stories in all kinds of settings, and I think that's something that people should be, you know, open to something mm-hmm. that because like. Just seeing the same thing over and over and over again, that was kind of dragging down the Marvel movies at one point, too. Mm. And then they mixed it up. Um, well, so. even, if you, even if you look at... Um, don't look at it as the Hyborian Age having to hew completely to Conan tone. Think about it as a Howard tone, right? So yeah. Howard didn't just write grim sword and sorcery. Um, he wrote many different tales, some of them even comedic. Some yeah, of them pure horror. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So you could pepper that in with some roguish characters. And I, I mean, obviously, you don't want to, like, give whiplash from one episode to another. Hey, hey, it's the fun guy. It's the uh, yeah, right. the hijinks episode. But, like, you know, you can uh, you can play around. Um, so I don't know. You, you can we'll have see. lighter moments and you can have your bard in there. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> there's funny moments in Conan. Yeah. On to your yep. Witcher. Toss yeah. a coin to your Conan. <laughs> yep. Uh, um, no, I and I, I mean, I, I that's exciting. I think that they can do a lot with it. And you know, when we play um, the Conan video game, right? What's well, the one thing we keep saying is that they they nailed the feel and they expanded, yeah. right? Yeah. They expanded yeah, the world. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And they they it's about following those little. The way you do Howard Faithful is you. You use that as your world builder, right? You don't do things that are counter to the world building. You don't do things that are deceiving the characters as we know them. But you take all those little Easter eggs and kernels 
and you mm-hmm. play with them. Mm-hmm. And honestly, yeah, we've said before, Funcom does a really good job of that. Yep. Which Occasionally... actually brings me to another 2020 point because they re- re- they released an expansion to Conan Exiles. They did. That yeah, they did, and that's. Uh, I have actually not played it, but I I've heard good either. things. Um, I've heard good things. Again, carrying on with that spirit of, does it? I don't know. Look like a Conan story? No. Um, not with its black tower in the center with a magical maelstrom above it, but does it feel like it? That I mean, no. That's it what feels. You're it feels sword and sorcery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. I, I mean, but that's just it. Like, does everything in the Hyborian Age have to feel ex- like have to have exact? beats from other Conan stories or are we at the point where we've had we've explored this so much that we're willing to toss in other ingredients I hope yeah. I hope the latter I really do um, yeah, I mean, you can't you can't expect it. the world sorry the I'm, I'm going to use the term universe you can't expect the universes to be comparative to Star Wars right there's obviously a lot more right. money behind Star Wars at this point yeah. um, and they can do whatever they want but how nice is it when you see that little Easter egg that you mentioned, right? And and anything, and you recognize it. You're yeah, just like, that's true. And you're just like, yeah, they get it, and like that might come back later. And now we know, watching the Mandalorian, that the formula is, yeah, it actually might come back later. Yeah. Like that, it might yeah. mean something yeah. later. Yeah. Every time you see I mean, something, even Thulsa Doom in the first Conan film is not like I've heard people complain. Well, he's a call villain, and blah blah. He's yeah. barely a call villain. Right. Yeah. And it it completely works to have this. They've mentioned he's ageless. Mm-hmm. He's or he's you know he's however old. He's from serpent folk, plucking it from another tale that all takes place in a weird continuity and placing him in a Conan tale totally works for me. Yep. And yeah. That's the kind There's of thing. Nothing specifically that contradicts that. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need to have a skull face. He's got all kinds of other cool things. You got James Earl Jones. It's awesome. Th- that yeah. said, though, you could have called them something. And I'm not. I'm just playing devil's advocate here. You could have called them anything. You could, but but then read yeah. Thulsa Doom, and it sounds dope. I would have well, sold it too. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and and I'm might- sure that's John Milius's. You know rationale was that that sounds awesome yep sounds good and it's a nod to the you know to what's been written yeah yep yeah this might be a bit of a digression but i know like we had talked about kind of talking about the um status of sword and sorcery and you know the more i've been i've been i kind of lurk on things i'm like matt i don't engage a lot but i lurk and read because i like that stuff the more i read the less convinced i am that people have read Robert E. Howard. <laughs> uh, so like a lot of these expectations that people have for, for, for TV shows or, or movies or spinoffs or whatever, I don't believe that they're grounded in anything that Howard actually wrote. Personally. Yeah. It, it seems as though some people have read a smattering of old tour novels and watched death stalker and are like, yeah, that's what Conan should be like. Yeah. And, yeah. and maybe seen a couple comics. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I, uh, boy, if we're looking at the state of sword and sorcery in 2020, that's a, uh, that is a question. So are we we good to jump onto it? Yeah. And I don't think it's hit or miss at all. Logan. I think 2020 has been a big hit for sword and sorcery. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 well, I mean, 
I don't disagree with you, first of all. For, forget, uh, forgive fine. me if I have my dates wrong. I mean, we started to see things like, first of all, The Witcher, right? No, I mean, you're right. Like, this is, I, thought, there, I, think I think there's there been more. Of hope. There's a lot of dark clouds. Sorry, go ahead, sorry. Oh, I was going to say, I think there are beacons of hope, but there are also lots of dark clouds that loom. That's what I mean by hit and miss. I, so, I think I know like, where you're coming from with that. Give me your dark clouds, because uh, I only see sunshine. That's, that's fair. In life, all I see is the sun. <laughs> so I'm not, like, terribly, like, I try and stay out of the drama, um, but I do know there was some drama over some small publications and maybe who or who did not back them. I know that there are um, certain, um, I will say, um, cliques in sword and sorcery fandom. There's a, there's a scummy underbelly in sword yes. and sorcery. Oh. I will say it. Yeah. There's a scummy underbelly in a lot of different fandoms. I think the issue is... Sorry, Logan, not to talk over you. I just... No, I you just, have a way better way of saying it. I was trying to pussy Well, no, I don't. It. I just... I'm being a little more direct because I've watched this yeah. for quite a while and I see friends of friends and I'm looking at people who seem to be very reasonable, mindful human beings and then I see these goddamn trolls who just jump in say something stupid and just want to light a little fire. And then I see these other mindful folks who are patient, right? Patient. And by patient, I mean not banning and removing these people like I have, because I just don't have it in me anymore. Um, but there's, and, 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 and I'm not saying that the pedants, you know, the people who are uh, slavishly attached to pure Robert E. Howard, it's not the same people I'm talking about. There's just, there's a lot of people who reject any kind of progressive slant to anything or even suggesting that, that, that there could be a new approach in 2020 to these same sorts of, the same sort of storytelling. There are elements you can remove. It doesn't need to be like gore. It could be more, uh, you could, Put something out now that is actually going to survive in our current social, political, you know, whatever climate that is going to be palatable for yeah. a modern audience. And if you think that you can just have a have a, I don't want to use the word because <laughs> it's so it's so. But honestly, there are toxic elements, right? to to some to some aspects of a male fantasy power trip okay it's there and i'm not saying you can't have a masculine character doing masculine stuff but it's anytime you even suggest changing the script to something there's a small underbelly who just flips out calls you a wuss calls you a cuck or something and then just burns the conversation to the ground that can't be there for this to survive, I don't. I don't even think you have to worry about that because I, I don't either. If, because... if it, let me just say this, that is such a small group, and You're you right. guys see it because you are hyper plugged into the yeah. diehard world of sword and sorcery and Conan, and you know just just that that sort of that feel. You're right. So you're go- you're really going to get that very very vocal, uh, I'll just say vocal minority, um, yeah. and I I think that as you will see, 
things will be a more uh, broad brushstroke. They will be mm -hmm. breaking down stereotypes, and sword and sorcery is going to be a different thing than what it was yeah. in the 80s. And it will, and it, and, it, and, it, and it needs to be. And, and to be honest, Alex, I do agree with you, and I, I almost feel like I am seeing less of it. I feel like it's just... It, it just <laughs> You know what? The fact is, is that if you're going to hold on to those things, sword and sorcery won't be your genre. No. Like it just won't be your thing either. Like you know, yeah. you're, you're just gonna have to find, well, just, or you'll have to have such be. a small subdivision of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can, <laughs> can you imagine? There's probably all kinds of like sites that do sword and sorcery the way it was meant to be. But again, it's like what Logan said. Have they even read Robert E. Howard? Right? Because there are, of course, there are uncomfortable passages in those stories, and there's things that have not aged well. But it's not about you. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Mm -hmm. You would, right. you know, you acknowledge a place and a time. You probably don't celebrate the the the, the less savory passages, mm -hmm. but you acknowledge. I'm actually right? seeing that. Uh, I, not to tie Lovecraft into this, uh, but I'm seeing a lot of um, video games. I don't want to say a lot, but I'm seeing some video games and just other games and stuff that are starting to acknowledge. Um, we like Lovecraft's lore. Mm -hmm. We don't agree with the his you know social thoughts, for lack right, of yeah. a be, lack of a better word, right? And, and they're the and people... they're putting it like front and center on the label. You know, I remember right. uh, there's a um, a visual novel. Uh, um, <laughs> uh, I forget I forget the exact title, but it's basically uh, an Innsmouth um, sort of a story right there. And like they basically first thing that they flash at you is the title. Second thing they flash at you is their disclaimer of we're big fans of Lovecraft, his lore and all that. We understand that he has uh, some views that are extremely antiquated. We do not believe in that period. Right. End of story. And, and, and so I guess, I guess those are the kind of people I'm talking about. Those who will read something like that and instantly shut off and say, no, screw yep. this. I'm out. Yep. And it's like, if, if you can't have a disclaimer yep. and, and yeah. that's going to shut you down, then like, you kind of got to reevaluate the things that you like because I feel like there has to be some element to this. <laughs> You're going to be one of those people that loses out on fun. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah, I mean, it's, no. the, it's really just that, that much. Like, what are you going to start doing? Not playing video games, like skipping yeah. out on everything comics just because it's whatever, if that's what you want to do. And it's yeah. challenging. It is challenging to reconcile these things, right? Because companies are going to try and navigate this right with Howard or Lovecraft. There's these passages that do not read well. Um, and some approaches are going to work in terms of addressing it. And some approaches are not mm -hmm. right. Yeah. We saw recently yeah. with, um, Modifius's decision, um, with the Conan, the wanderer book, and I'm not going to weigh in on on my thoughts. I will just say that, like, I think people brought up a lot of interesting points about it, um, about whether they agree with the approach or not. I think that good intentions were kind of all around. But, you know, these things are going to come up. There's going to be approaches and angles to take when popping these characters into our, you know, 2020 uh, setting. And... It's not always going to go smoothly. Yep. Yeah, that's true. That's fair, right? Yeah, no, definitely. The by the way, the the game was the Innsmouth case, or Innsmouth case, depending on how you pronounce that. Sure. Uh, and it's you're, sort of hey, a, you're the guy from New England. Yeah, Alex, yeah. you get to choose. Yes, I'm going to go with Innsmouth. Yeah, I feel like because we call it Dartmouth. 
you know, so yeah, he ends with. Yeah. We um, had a Dartmouth here as well. Yeah, that's not the real one. <laughs> yeah, we don't go. It's there. just a cheap knockoff. <laughs> yeah, it's like Shelby. It's, it's Shelbyville. Anyway, yeah, it's a it's a it's a cool little uh, text text visual novel adventure. Um, mm-hmm. Has more of a, a horror comedy flavor to it. I haven't actually. I played the demo. I did not play the full game. Uh, but check it out. Yeah. But you are also right that there are lots of good. We got The Witcher. It looks like we're going to get a Willow TV show, yeah. but that you're never going to stop talking about nope, ever. No. Nope, nope. um, <laughs> Those are the what only posts I make. Thing. Yeah. Like uh, Conan Exiles is still going. Um, what are some other things? Oh, obviously the Conan TV show, which we already talked about. Um, sure, I indeed. don't know where Perilous Worlds is at, but I'm sure that's still on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Uh, COVID changed a lot of things, especially in the publishing world. Yeah, so. for traditional for, publishing, for sure. Yeah. Um, um, well, there's actually, I wanted to make sure to shout out to like Whetstone, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. That's Jason Ray Carney's uh, baby, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Um, He's it kind of a character. started out as, yeah, I, like he, he's a well, good no, guy. Yeah, he seems to be a, a very good fella. I don't think I knew him prior to several months ago. I don't really know him now, but he's popped up in several things. He seems like a a, a wholesome cat. Um, so, But that's cool, right, that you've got this free easing uh, going out. You've got Sword and Scrolls, which he was also part of. you got all the Savage Rogue Blades. Scrolls. Savage, Savage Scrolls, Scroll, sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, Magician's Skull. Yeah, Magician's Skull is really kicking it at Goodman Games. Um, you've, yeah. That's um, Howard Andrew Jones, right? Yeah. Love Child. Yeah, he, uh, when I was at Gen Con there two years back, he sold me the, I got the first issue, had him sign that for me, and it's just a really rad looking, uh, it really looks like old, like D&D first edition books. And it's, and it's like very RPG. Like they always have stats exactly. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It it's a, it's a cool hybrid. Some, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so even in from a from a smaller publishing standpoint, like I feel like there are a lot of uh, smaller publications that are doing well. They're surviving. Weird books still happening. And it's doing like it's, startling stories. Yeah, I was going to say the same publisher. You're going to... I don't know if you know... Um, but I have someone has to explain to me what is different about startling stories as what we would find in a weird book. Uh, I believe startling stories is more old school, like you know, thirties, forties sci-fi. Okay, okay, that makes sense based on the cover arts that I've seen. That makes yeah, yeah, that's my understanding. Um, I know Doug is pretty excited about that, Mm -hmm. the editor. So uh, yeah, I mean, all these little publications keep going. Even Skelos uh, has got some more stuff out. Oh yeah, definitely. So, uh, and and these all seem to be, um, yeah, I don't know. They're all very promising. So I think from on a small scale and a big scale, things are looking pretty good going forward. Yeah, yeah. And when we started the the podcast, I think that was one of the kind of questions that we kind of opened up with, right? It was like, what's mm-hmm. the state? And yeah. I look at it from where we are now and where we were then. We are miles better yeah i think we're healthier yeah Yeah. when we started out there were a lot of things we were looking forward to i think conan exiles came up on like our we want that list a lot and then we got it Mm -hmm. and we talked about tv shows because amazon had the tv show and amazon dropped it but we're getting it back 
um, all that kind of stuff. So, like, I think you're right. We're sitting in a good position with a lot of good stuff on the horizon. And the interest is peaking, too, which is cool. Like, I think that's the, the big thing is that, like, there seems to be um, a more pop a more popular interest and more pop culture interest in the genre, even if they're not calling it sword and sorcery, sword and sorcery explicitly. Right. It's mm. just sort of that feel. I think I, it, you're just starting to see it creep more and that's going to then make people dig and they're going to want to read a little bit more. So, I mean, you know, hopefully it's good for everybody. Yeah. Well, that's just it. Like we're even saying with the Mandalorian, he's more of a sword and sorcery protagonist than, um, than a lot of other, you know, you look at something like Game of Thrones, it's more epic fantasy, but yeah, something like The Mandalorian, you strip away the lasers and the spaceships, and that's a sword and sorcery show. Yep. Definitely. Right? Or as Logan so, would say, it's a Western, which is also yeah, a sword and sorcery. Also a sword and sorcery. <laughs> exactly. Yep. All just, just adjacent genres, right? Yep. So that's fantastic. Um, another thing, I just finished Joe Abercrombie's. Uh, oh, yeah. Most, most recent book. Little um, hatred, a little hatred. Yeah, very good. My God, he just does such tight plotting and like, just such clean, clever prose that like, you know, I can't. He's got another one, the third of the trilogy coming out next year. Help, so help me out, because the last book was what less than a year ago. Yeah. So he, what he did was he spent, eh, I want to say like four years or so, pre-writing. He he basically did. Oh, gotcha first drafts of the whole thing yeah and then so he had it mostly done he knew where it was going had all his ducks in a row and then kind of just did the harder specific writing so that he could have that release window you sensed my question i did sense your question does uh does nine fingers show back up or is he done with red country uh spoiler alert if spoilers are reading this or not reading this? Uh, not as of yet. Solid. I was just curious. These stories take place um, quite a bit after. They're yeah, good. yeah. Like Glockta, Glockta is pretty old, um, and Nine Fingers shows up in the final story, I believe. Red Country. Sh- no, after that, in oh. Sharp Ends. Oh, okay. He did a I short story collection. Ends. Yeah, it's just a bunch of shorts. So. Yeah. Okay. Because I thought Red Country was a very good send-off for his character. Yeah. Um, yeah, Red sure. Country was super cool. Yeah. You could... I, I feel like Joe had read uh, Blood Meridian. There's a few mm-hmm. scenes in that. And actually, there's a scene in A Little Hatred where the Shanka show up. And oh, yeah. There's, there's a description there where they're wearing all this strange piecemeal uh, armor... And just some weird things that they're wearing. It reminded me of uh, one of the famous passages in Blood Meridian, which is like a super extended sentence that's just bananas. Cormac <laughs> McCarthy has such a, um, like he, I think he purposely rejected the standard writing conventions. Um, oh, yeah. I yeah, don't know. Definitely. Yeah, he doesn't, like, he doesn't use more... contractions or quotation marks or sometimes periods huh. like yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just yeah. it's just what it is but yeah. the the magic is it doesn't trip you up when you're reading right no not at all it it's still genius. reads smoothly so what can you say interesting yeah yeah it's quite something Lo- logan um pulled me in I-, I asked logan what was it like two days ago 
I said, yeah, I need yeah. something light and pulpy and adventure tale. So without a moment of hesitation, he said, David Wood, right? That's the author. Uh, and is uh, it uh, Dorado? Dorado, uh, yeah. Dorado, yeah. First in that series. So, and I think <laughs> I you've brought this up in previous shows. I think you brought it up at one point, maybe. Probably. Um, so it's it's a it's a classic Logan type book. Uh, <laughs> Sounds very Logan. Yeah, it's it's and it's really good. It's a lot of fun so far. It's uh, basically uh, Logan. Why don't you talk about it a little bit? Um, I mean, I like like to think of it as like I don't want to say knockoff. Like it's not like it's good and it's fun, but uh, I don't know. It's it's just it's pulpy to a point where um, like. It's so hard to describe because, like, Indiana Jones is pulpy, but Steven Spielberg and George Lucas put like a polish on it, where like it's widely. Yeah, it's uh, this is a like this is a a uh, like a like you called it a B uh, a B level like action a movie yeah. level action. Yeah. And it, where it's basically um, like two retired Navy SEALs are are going on a uh, treasure hunt to reclaim some sort of a religious artifact that I am not quite sure what that is yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm about a third so third of the way through. And it's and it's just like so good. It's everything you would think. Like it's just basically yeah. like it opens up with he, uh, one of the guys diving, um, and he's it's like, like a, he fights a shark, and he fights a shark. <laughs> like yeah. he, he doesn't yeah. really fight the shark, but like it's basically a a fight that happens, and the shark is involved, and the guy obviously gets yeah. you know the guy's fighting. He knocks him over the boat, and the shark tears him to pieces. And I was like, yep, this is exactly the yeah. you know the the page flipper that I need right now. It reminds me of Conan of the Isles. Have you ever read that one, Logan? No, but I have a bunch of people. So Whetstone has a Discord. So if you're listening and you want to just talk um, sword and sorcery or whatever, get on Discord and find the Whetstone channel because it's amazing. Um, a lot of the good. authors, the editors hang out there. Good stuff. Um, but someone suggested to me, that I read it, and then another person suggested it to me, and they're like, "I think you'd really like Conan of the Isles," and like, I, haven't I think you would yet. too, if you can handle the fact that there's like weird scuba gear. Yeah, that's the one thing. That. Yeah, it turns me off. But of like, that he, yeah, just just let it go by because he ends up going under the water, and he like fights a shark, and then I'm pretty sure he fights a squid, and <laughs> that's then he. Awesome. He reaches his destination. He's attacked by like a swarm of rats. Yeah, I remember <laughs> hearing about that. And when That's I read my, that my one, biggest... oh, I oh, pictured him as being as being Arnold, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so during the rat swarm part, I'm just imagining, <laughs> like you, you, you know, it's 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 yeah. fun in that just crazy bananas uh, way. That's awesome. As an adventure novel, I think it moves quickly. Like, I think you'd find it funny. Sweet. I'll check it out. That was one thing that disappointed me about Conan Exiles is that I never got to fight a shark underwater. (laughs) I don't know why. And I think it's because, like, in the, in, what is it? Uh, It's a Cull story. Um, It's the one with Salsa Doom. There's a shark man underwater, and Cull fights it underwater. And for some reason, that's such an iconic like sword and sorcery scenario to me, but I've actually only ever read it in Cull. Dive in the water, fight the shark with the knife. How hard of a setup is that? Yeah. It's like a, he's like a four armed shark man with a yeah. horn. And yeah. like 
Let me, let me tell you, spoiler alert for those of you who uh, are here because you like to play Monolith's game. It's not really a spoiler alert because I have no official uh, sway over this. But if I have my way in a future expansion, that forearm shark man with the horn, oh yeah. Yeah, he's going, you he's can't going pass that up. No, man, that's no. dope. <laughs> <laughs> so we're probably getting close to the end here, are we? Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. A while. Wait, hold on. You mentioned that your forearm shark man with a horn, and I just feel like we need to ask this really important question. Uh, is there any chance that we can get a, a Dagath uh, with a horn from Conan Destroyer? Oh, my God. You know I would if I could. I know you would. I know you would. Yeah, you I, would. I would, lo- I would love to do a, a small Conan But the horn has to detach. Expansion. Yeah. yeah. If you do it, you, the, the horn has to detach, like, intentionally. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually for for red nails something i would like to do is to have a, a 3d pillar and then have oh. some kind of mechanic where you put little little red pegs, pegs in there, in there. Ooh. yeah wouldn't that be That'd dope for scenario you're, you're getting trying to drive all the nails whoever drives the most nails or something if you ever do get to do a movie tie-in one there has to be a malik figure oh please <laughs> i want i want well, it sent to me the issue <laughs> The issue with tie-ins is you've got to pay for likenesses, right? Yeah. Yes. Arnold's likeness is uh, is quite expensive. I imagine. But yeah. Malik's likeness is probably like fifteen bucks. <laughs> <laughs> they need me. They will give me fifteen dollars. <laughs> oh. Oh, that's sad. Cause I'm pretty sure that guy. You know how you in most in most games you have like some sort of a, a card for your character or something like that, and it usually has like a quote or something like that. You have yeah, to have yeah, that yeah. on there. Yeah, his would they have to be. Me. Yeah. Why would anyone want to eat someone as old and as sour as you? <laughs> on that note. Well, now hold on, because I didn't I didn't say my final thing. Remember? Oh yes, yes, go for it. So I'm mostly saying this because I want to just uh, get people to go over to nightfall games um and give them a like i'm doing a little uh i got a little project um that i'm working on so there's a terminator rpg uh coming out by nightfall games and i managed to uh get myself on board to to do a little work on that and i'm super psyched about it because like i've always been a pretty huge uh terminator fan it's always been like Conan, Alien, Predator, Terminator. And so, I mean, obviously not all the films. Um, but this, this RPG is really only based on the first Terminator film and the Dark Horse comic books. So I've, I've spent a lot of time reading some Dark Horse comic books for Terminator, and they're like surprisingly rad. Um. And so I'm super thrilled to be working on that. And I'm, I'm only mentioning it because uh, if you are into Conan and you're into Arnold, you're probably into Terminator to an extent. And uh, we have a lot of gamers listening. So if you want to keep up to date on that, head over to Like Nightfall Games on Facebook. They did an old RPG, uh, one that they've actually just redone called Slay Industries, um, which is kind of niche popular um so if you know about that and you get an inkling for terminator 
definitely go give them a like. And I believe they will be a Kickstarter campaign in the new year. Nice. So, yeah, I'm super, I'm super pumped to be playing in another sandbox like that. Um, and yeah, I've got a, cool. yeah, I, cool. I feel like the Terminator is kind of a slasher movie. Yeah, and, the um, first movie, definitely. Yeah, and so I'm kind of interested to, I've got ideas to kind of uh, work that angle. Whereas the other, the subsequent films just kind of got more, well, you know. Now, different. do you have anything in the works where Rambo would fight the Terminator? Oh. Maybe Robocop <laughs> yes, would fight the Terminator? A, let's get a Rambo uh, game going. I'm, I'm, af- I'm afraid there's nothing in the works like that. But <laughs> I, I do feel like Robocop, uh, yeah, I have not read those series. I played the old video game, but like those, those kind of mix rather well i was just thinking of the new mortal Kombat game yes. they had that that character pack yep yeah so, that's right yeah robocop is a character the terminator is a character and rambo, rambo. Is a character. yep and Except i can just the imagine terminator uh, rambo's the like, terminator voice i don't care bad. how many arms you have yeah i could it still kill you alone <laughs> who did the voice i think he's so good yeah finish him nothing is over <laughs> Adrian, <laughs> but like I'm, I'm so bad at fighting games. It's, it's sad. I, I hate them. Yeah. But I love watching YouTube videos of people who know how to play play a fighting game. Yeah. They're so yeah. interesting to watch for me. I played a lot of Mortal Kombat back in the day. I did Actually, as well. They just, they just announced in April that this Mortal Kombat movie produced by James Wan of like. That's right. I read is, about that. Yeah, it's coming out in like April to HBO Max, I think. So I'm actually in. A, it's going to be R rated. I feel like yeah. that could be surprisingly awesome. Hmm. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. HBO and, uh, Max kind of exploded on the scene. Yeah, that's a whole yeah. other topic. Yeah, that's, uh, a, that's a one for it's a, a bit, different day. Bit controversial, I think. Yeah. I have it. I enjoy it. Um, I'm a little sad that Godzilla vs. King Kong isn't going to theaters, or at least I won't be able to because theaters don't run here anymore. Mm. Yeah. Um, that's because that's places. the kind of movie, like it's a spectacle. You want to see the giant monsters fight on a big screen. Yep. But mm-hmm. I'm still gonna watch it. Like I'm sure I'll enjoy it. But I'm sure you will too. Yeah. Times they <laughs> are changing. All right. Should we wrap this? I did want to say real quick that if anyone is listening to this and you are interested in any of the things that we came up uh, with today, whether it's Nightfall Games, Cliffhanger, Whetstone, Savage Scrolls, Magician's Skull, or Startling Stories. The links to those would be available in the show notes when we post this. There you go. Very good. Any last uh, closing notes on 2020? Logan. Is it over yet? Yeah, seriously, right? Matt. Now, when I say that, I don't mean that things aren't going to change very much in 2021. Um, I know that today COVID vaccines showed up in Santa Fe. Um, which is something, you know, mm-hmm. I'm just ready to get, you know, I feel like we're just waiting. I'm ready to like work towards something, I think is where I'm at. So, you know. Yep. I hear you. Matthew. Uh, it's been a, it's been a, it's been a ride, man. Yep. Been highs and lows, some devastating lows and some good moments, but, uh, I, I I won't be sad to uh, put 2020 in the dust, to be honest. It is an interesting time to be alive. This is a big thing for me, probably for all of us. Like, Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much as uh, big as it gets right now. I mean, no, yeah. no one's really seen this kind of thing before. 
Yeah. But uh, that said, I feel the same. Let's uh, let's kick it to the curb. Um, let's get some vaccines into everybody, and we can get out there and start seeing human beings again. So, in the meantime, in 2021, stay safe, and may your swords always remain sharp. <laughs> <laughs>